Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Grimoire, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Bury the Dead. Roy White slowly regained consciousness. It seemed that he had been asleep for years. A voice seemed to be coming from a great distance and talking in a strange language. He tried hard to make out what it was and finally decided it was Latin. Ah, yes, that figured. Latin was a dead language. He was dead. Fitting and proper it is for the dead to be addressed in a dead language. Te absolvat, et ego auctoritate, te absolvat, abamni vinculo, et tu indiges. I absolve thee. De inde ego, te absolvo, a peccatus tuis, in nomine patris, et filii, et spiritus sancti. Amen. He seems to be listening, Father. Could you say it in English? Through this holy anointing, and his most tender mercy. May the Lord forgive you whatever sins you may have committed by sight, by hearing, by smell, by taste, by touch, by walking. Roy White opened his eyes. The chaplain stood at the foot of the bed. Back of him, Roy could see a small table on which were two lighted candles, and between them a crucifix. Then he remembered. He had been taken to the prison infirmary. He had no idea how long ago. The last thing he remembered was a feeling of faintness during the daily walk in the prison yard and looking about for something to cling to before he fell. He knew he had just missed death because the chaplain had administered extreme unction. Priest, 
What are you doing here? You asked for me. I don't remember that. You called out many times in your delirium. Didn't you check my file? Yes, you stated you were an atheist. Then why did you have to come? Well, when you filled out the card, you were rational and defiant. And when you called out, you were no longer defiant or rational. It was a cry of despair. So I answered. All right. I was once a Catholic. I don't know what I said in delirium. Plenty. We took it down. Warden, how about you shoving off and letting me talk to the chaplain? I have some things I want to clear up. Father, tell him that when a man comes to confession, only the priest can be present. Warden, could I be alone with him? Sure, sure. Look, White, you're on your way out. Why not square yourself with the law, too? Father, I want it straight. Am I going to die? It's false mercy to keep one ignorant of the fact one soon may face God, who is the just judge. Yes, you're in danger of death. In my delirium, did I say who, who I really am? As far as we know, you're Roy White, a man with a long record of convictions, place and date of birth unknown, no living relatives. Until now, I thought I could keep it that way. Strange, isn't it? That a man must wait until his death to realize the true value of life. That's the supreme tragedy. Even as Christ had to die before men would believe. Heaven's insistence makes no allowance of man's irreverence. And with great blows, great speeches of boasters, avenges to teach men wisdom and age at last. That's from some poem or play I read. The closing lines of the Antigone. I had no idea that you were... Educated? Oh, yes. At least I was exposed to it. I picked up a lot of information that helped me to embezzle people. And to outsmart the law and court. But that's all over now. Yes, Roy. The important thing now is to prepare yourself to meet your God. Your judge. I can sincerely say I'm sorry for all the unhappiness and misery I've caused my family. For anyone I've wronged during my lifetime, I hope they will forgive me. You must confess your sins and ask God's forgiveness. Have I the right, Father? I've done a lot of wrong. With repentance for sins, you earn the right to forgiveness. Did not Jesus say to Peter, not seven times seven shall you forgive a brother's sin, but seventy times seven? Father, when I die, where will they bury me? Unless someone claims the body, it will have to be here in the common burial ground. No, I can't have that. She wouldn't like. Who? My mother. Is she still living? No. She died, thank goodness, just before I got into my first serious scrape with the law. But as she was dying, she made the request that all her children would be buried in the family grave. And your name then is not Roy White? 
My name's Raymond Dorrington. Look up George Dorrington and who's who. And what do you want me to tell them? The truth, I'm afraid, that I died in prison. And I remembered Mother's request and would like to be buried in the family plot. How long has it been since you corresponded with your family? Oh, good many years. They think I'm dead. Will you get word to them? Yes, yes, of course. Father, I don't know how long it will be. Let me go to confession. You'll have to help me. I've forgotten, forgotten the words. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Father, it will be easier to go now. Oh, you're weak, you're weak now. Just lie down, don't try to talk. I'll send the doctor in. Father, when you see my brother George, you'll find him stuffy. Always was. Well, perhaps... He's changed. Yes, Father, I had a brother, Raymond. He was no good. Went through his own money, his inheritance, and then used his considerable talents to swindle people. He regarded decent, law-abiding, honest people as stuffy. For the sake of the family name, I got him out of one mess. But when he turned around and did the same thing, I washed my hands of him. As head of the family, I wouldn't allow any member to have anything to do with him. Well, your brother Raymond is between life and death. What? I understood he died several years ago. A man, Roy White, claims to be your brother. He's in the infirmary at the state prison. It's impossible. It's an imposter. That can easily be proved by coming to the prison and looking at this man. No, I'm not going to do that. As far as I'm concerned, Raymond is dead. You've no positive proof your brother died several years ago? Well, no, not a death certificate or anything like that. When he stopped writing, we didn't hear from him for a long time. I assumed something had happened to him. But you made no attempt to find him. Now, look here, Father, with all due respect to your calling, I don't see you have any authority to come here and interrogate me. As prison chaplain, it's my place to find out if any of the men have relatives who should be notified. And as far as is permitted to carry out dying wishes of those who are in prison. This man who claims he's Raymond, has he a dying request? Yes. To be buried in the family plot because of a promise he made to his mother at the time of her death. Oh, Lord. It's Raymond. Has to be. Then there was such a promise. Yes, mother was a sentimentalist. Can you beat it? Raymond, who broke every promise he made, now suddenly wants to keep this one. I won't have it. He disgraced the family. Everyone regards him as dead. I'm not going to acknowledge him and have the newspapers spread the story. Father. Yes, Mr. Torrington. Has Raymond told anyone else who he is? No. And it was told to you in confidence. You are not obliged to tell the authorities who he is. Whatever he said to me was in strict confidence. You need have no fear if you don't choose to acknowledge your brother. No one will ever know. Except the three of us. Three? I thought you said that. God is the third. 
Oh. Father, I don't want to seem cruel, but look at my position. My youngest daughter is to be married soon, the son of a socially prominent family. The father and I are working out details of a business merger, running over $3 million. What do you think is going to happen if this news should get out? I don't know. I can only say what I would like to see happen. Just what is that? That George Tarrington showed to the world his love of God by performing a corporal work of mercy and burying his brother, thereby showing respect both to his brother and his mother. Father, you just don't know people. None of them knew what I had to bear when Raymond was one jump ahead of the law. When I told them he was dead, they all said it was for the best. He's gone. Gone and forgotten. What good will it do to rake up old scandals, especially at this time? Well, the decision is not mine. All I'm authorized to do is pass on your brother's request. You can act or refuse to act as you see fit. It's easy to see you recommend that I act. He's your brother. He's asked forgiveness of the wrongs he's committed against God and man. But Father, we've got to be practical. I just can't see my way clear. Dad, what do you think? Mrs. Farley's agreed to a simple wedding. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I didn't know you had a visitor. Uh, Father, this is my daughter, Eleanor. Eleanor, Father Martin. How do you do, Miss Tarrington? Oh, I've seen your picture in the paper. You're the chaplain at the prison. Yes. Uh, Father was just going, Eleanor. Well, uh, give me a moment, please. Father, you've been in a number of prisons as chaplain, haven't you? Uh, six. Well, did you ever happen to know a prisoner named Raymond Torrington? Eleanor. Oh, Dad. Everyone in the family knows about Uncle Raymond. I've asked you never to mention his name. Don't bother Father Martin with questions. He's here on a, on a purely business matter. Ask me to, uh... Well, Father, just what was that proposition? I was asking your father to perform an act of charity. He didn't refuse. Oh, come on, Dad. Shell out. Oh, here. Here, I've got $30. Let me contribute. Well, thank you, Miss Tarrington. The money will be most useful, but, uh... I was referring to the gospel meaning of the word. Oh. Then there's more here than meets the eye. Right, Father Martin? Not if, uh, as has been said, the eyes are the mirror of the soul. Well, goodbye. I really must get back to the prison. Goodbye. Goodbye, Father. Uh, keep in touch with me in regard to that charity proposition. Dad, what's up? Eleanor, how could you ask such questions of Father Martin? Oh, come off your high horse, Dad. I always liked Uncle Raymond. When I was young, I soon learned you weren't supposed to ask about him, but I learned from the other kids he was in jail. And when I was older, all I had to do was check the old newspapers to find out why. We will not discuss it. Oh, of course, it was silly of me to ask Father Martin about Raymond Torrington. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Too bad you didn't think of it before you asked. Poor Uncle Raymond. Wherever he is, he's most likely using an alias so as not to bring disgrace on us. As I told you at the time, Raymond is dead. But that was only a belief. You didn't know for sure. You couldn't have. What makes you say that? Because if you were sure, or you would have claimed the body and buried him as grandmother requested. Dad, you won't forget to send a donation to Father Martin, will you? No, I'll make out a check. 
That reminds me. Father has some special meaning for charity. I've sort of forgotten just how it goes. I think I'll look it up. See you later, Dad. Charity. Hmm. I never knew it had so many meanings. One, Christian love, act of loving, of disposition to love, all men as brothers, because they are the sons of God. Did you find it, Dad? What? Oh, yes. I was also curious about the definition of charity. Thought I'd check it in the dictionary. What did you find? Just as I thought. Here. Goodwill to the poor, almsgiving, giving to charitable institutions. Won't work, Dad. You're reading the number three definition. Here's what Father Martin really had in mind. What's this? The catechism. Charity is the virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. That's a beautiful thought. But you must admit, it's very idealistic. Dad, come clean. Father Martin didn't come here to ask for a contribution. He knows something about Uncle Raymond, doesn't he? Whatever put that idea into your head? Well, he's a prison chaplain. And when I mentioned Uncle Raymond, you tried to rush him out of the house. Raymond was a thief, a swindler. He disgraced us. I know all that. But he was kind and generous to all the children. Yes, with other people's money. Of course, it was wrong. But I don't think money was the primary reason for his manipulation. No? What then? Why else do men steal? Oh, Uncle Raymond was endowed with with an impish perversity, which, which made swindling a sort of game with him. He never fleeced the little fellow, the poor. Of course not. There was no profit in robbing a beggar. No, he always went after the smart operator, the fellow who'd made a lot of money fast. That's where the sport came in, seeing if he could outfox the foxy. Oh, if Uncle Raymond had lived in a different age, I think he would have been a Robin Hood. Rot. Melodramatic rot. Don't you think we ought to try to trace him and find out for sure whether he's dead? No, absolutely not. Well, the least we could do is... If he is dead, bring his body to the family plot. Helena, I've had a hard day. First the priest, and now you... So, Father Martin, did come about Uncle Raymond? Yes, if you must know. Where is he? In the state prison. Dead. Dying. We must go to him. Call the car. Let's... Wait a minute. Have you given any thought to... What will happen if we go there and identify this man as Raymond Torrington? No, but evidently you have. Be in every newspaper in the country. Because I'm prominent, they'll give it extra attention. What effect will it have on your wedding? None, I hope. Except it would be postponed for a little while. Farley's might think differently. Oh, look, Dad, I'm sure the Farley's know about Uncle Raymond. Have they? Has young Farley ever mentioned him to you? No. But why should they? That's my point. They wish to forget. You're not hinting that Bill would break our engagement. No, perhaps not. But his parents might put pressure on him. You yourself think the wedding would have to be postponed? There's always a risk when that happens. All in all, this comes at the most awkward time. Yes, I can see that. 
It was most inconsiderate of Uncle Raymond to die at this time. He should have postponed it until after the wedding and, and the business merger. Eleanor. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Eleanor, it's you I'm thinking of. I don't want anything to happen to spoil your wedding. Well, what kind of a wedding can it be? Knowing that Uncle Raymond died and we turned our backs on him, God will be angry with us. This is a family affair. You please keep the Almighty out of it. Because it makes you uncomfortable? It's taking an unfair advantage. And it's irreverent. No, Dad. If you're uncomfortable, it's because you know in your heart I'm right. But your mind jumps ahead to all the difficulties and inconveniences. Oh, you can't deny you once loved your brother. No. He and I were very close. That's why it hurt so much when he went haywire. Then be merciful to him now. Go to him. He may be dead by now. Then we can give him proper burial. Come on, Dad. If we love God, we must obey his commandments. All right, Tim. I'll send for the car. I'll be outside if you need me. Uh, you speak to him, Eleanor. If he knows you, then tell him I'm here. Uncle Raymond? Uncle Raymond? Who's calling me? It's Eleanor, Uncle Raymond. Don't you remember me? Eleanor. George's daughter. Yes, yes, Uncle Raymond. Oh, I'm so glad we found you. I'm glad someone came before... before it was too late. Tell your father I'm sorry for all the trouble. Dad's here. Hello, Raymond. George... You, you came. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I've... Oh, it's, it's all right, Raymond. I've made my peace with God and asked him to forgive me. George, do you forgive me? Yes. Everything. When you leave this earth, I'll... I'll bury you as we promised Mother. God bless you, George. Where's your hand? Here. I I think I'm going, George. Bend down. I want to tell you something. Eleanor, you better call Father. Yes, George. What is it? I I told Father you were stuffy. You'll forgive me that, too. I didn't really mean it. Uh, Don't think of it. I have been stuffy. Raymond. How is he? He's gone, Father. His last request was that I forgive him for telling you I was stuffy. May his soul rest in peace. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
after the service in the prison chapel, the body of Raymond Torrington was taken home, and he was buried in the family tomb, and the newspapers carried the story, some in small type, others in large. And some people said it would have been much better for all concerned if Raymond Torrington had died under his alias and had been buried elsewhere. But others said that George behaved in a Christian manner in that he acknowledged his brother and gave him proper burial as requested by the mother who brought him into the world. And the sermon, the Sunday following the funeral, in many of the churches of the city, was taken from the book of Tobias. Therefore, when Tobias thought that his prayer was heard and he might die, he called to him Tobias his son. Hear, my son, the words of my mouth and lay them as a foundation in your heart. When God shall take my soul, thou shalt bury my body and thou shalt honor thy mother all the days of her life. And when she also shall have ended the time of her life, bury her by me. And all the days of thy life have God in thy mind. And take heed thou never consent to sin, nor transgress the commandments of the Lord our God. to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.